Hello. How are you? Not bad. Um, it's felt like kind of a medium day. No pun intended. What made it medium? Um, there were naps. There was work done. There was sex. There was sex. Um, the only thing there wasn't was food. Well, we ate after some time. Sort of, I guess, maybe a little bit. We essentially had like one real meal today. That's true. So, um, I am really proud of the sauce that I made. It was good. It was really good. Actual Italians call it gravy. Did you know that? I feel like I did. Yeah, they don't call it sauce. So what do Italians call sauce? What is sauce to Italians? You mean what is gravy? No. Well. Because no, sauce to, is gravy. No, gravy to them is no, what we. No, sauce to them is gravy. Gravy to them is what we call sauce. Yep. So what is actual sauce to them? What we call sauce, they call gravy. Yes. So what do they call sauce? Is gravy sauce for them? If sauce is gravy, gravy sauce. Or what is sauce in Italy? Gravy is gravy. Gravy. You mean, I think what you're asking me is, what do they call gravy? The brown gravy that we put on things. No, I'm asking what they would call, what they were, what they think is a sauce. They call it gravy. <laughs> no. To them, what we, the, the, what we call tomato sauce yes. is gravy. It's called gravy, yes. Yes. So for them, what do they consider a sauce? Gravy. Brown gravy. No. Any sauce. I don't understand what you're saying at all. <laughs> but here's what I do know. If you're Italian and you make spaghetti and meatballs, mm -hmm. the sauce that you make to go with it, mm -hmm. they actually call it gravy. Right. They say, are you going to make the gravy from scratch? Of course. I'm not going to buy any gravy. Who does that? Now, Thanksgiving, if they're making a turkey and they take the giblets out and they want to make giblets, 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 whatever, they take the giblets out and make some type of something, they call that gravy. Mm -hmm. So for Italians, there's gravy that goes with spaghetti, which is red and made out of tomatoes, and there's gravy that goes on your turkey. So they don't call anything sauce. Oh, you mean what has the name sauce? Yes. I'm sure Alfredo sauce, maybe. But um, I don't know. There's lots of other sauces in the world. So I'm sure they probably... In Italian, I don't know what sauce would be. Mm -hmm. But if you're Italian-American, mm -hmm. then you call it, you know, Alfredo uh, sauce or whatever. Mm -hmm. Gravy is the only thing that has stood the test of time mm -hmm. in Italian folks. So who knows what they used to call these other things. But they do... Italians still call it gravy. Um... So, I feel like spaghetti, this might be the worst open we've ever had. <laughs> spaghetti meatballs is actually an American thing. It's not an Italian thing at all. Mm. Um, in Italy, meatballs are not served with spaghetti. It's considered a separate dish. So if you um, are having spaghetti and gravy, you'll have that. And then on the side, they might bring you meatballs. Um, if you want to throw them on there, you can. But that's not how the dish is served. There's no such thing. Like if you go to Italy, there's no, you're, only a tourist place is going to have Spaghetti and meatballs. You ever had a rice ball? Uh, no, I don't think so. Is it sweet? It's underwhelming, actually. So it's there's usually like a a dollop of beef in the middle, 
Mm-hmm. And then you have... And what consistency is this meat? Like ground beef. Okay. And then you have a ball of rice the size of... Somewhere between a baseball and a softball. What? That's deep fried. Oh, no. That doesn't sound... I thought you meant it was something small. This so, is Italian? Yes. Huh. So the first time I had it, I was expecting... And maybe just where I had it. I was expecting the rice to be seasoned or something, or for there to be more meat. No. Are you sure this is Italian? Because I don't know them to eat much rice. I mean, every pizza place I've ever been to has served it. Oh. But the pizza places I'm referring to are actually Italian-owned, not like... No, I get it. It might still be an American thing. Mm. Um, Either way, it's not good. It feels a little depression era. So that's the thing about meatballs that I learned. So meatballs are small, much smaller than you and I would be used to. We Mm. would be looking... If we made meatballs the same size that you're supposed to in Mm. Italy, it was crazy. So um, in Italy, wartime, there's not a lot of money. There's rationing. So your meatballs are small. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of making meatballs is because if you make small, it seems like you have more right. than just giving you know one little lump of whatever. So you come to America, and over time, you start to have a little bit more money. You can literally tell the time frame, the year, based on looking at families, Italian families, and seeing how big the meatballs are. That's a 1983 meatball. <laughs> right. This is a 1950-something meatball because the economy is good, and mm. people are putting more things and less filler. There is a place in the city, um, like west of Union Square, probably like 14th and 8th, and um, it all they serve is meatballs. What? All they serve is meatballs. Hmm. Different kinds of meatballs, different toppings, whatever else. And you get a cup, sort of like um, what you get from a Froyo place. Mm. But that's how big the meatball is. Mm-hmm. And then there's all these like tomato sauce or Alfredo. Is it gimmicky? It sounds gimmicky. Uh, but it also sounds like it could be deliciously gimmicky. It's, it's not gimmicky. They just, we're doing the one thing, the one note, and we're going to do it as many different ways as but we do can. But they stu- do, do they do things like it's going to be stuffed with macaroni and cheese? And no, no. There's going to be jello in Mm-mm. here. Okay. It's a meatball. And then whatever happens is on top of the meatball. <coughs> What's the name of this place? I don't remember. I don't even know if they still exist. I haven't been there in about five years. So I like the fact that you're from New York. And thank you <laughs> because I'm glad you approve. Um, and this is terrible, but it's true. Growing up in Jersey, you know, we're your like long lost cousins, and y'all don't claim us. And mm-hmm. you'd rather go to Philly than come to Jersey, you'd we, rather go anywhere right. than come to Jersey. We come to Jersey when we get old and tired, exactly. And so, you know, we're so close. You New know? Jersey is North Florida, you get that basically. Right? Yeah. So, we're so close to you guys, mm-hmm. and we're hip hop. and we're right there when the fashions come out, God damn it! Like mm-hmm. we're just right there, but we're bridge and tunnel and whatever. So um, there was always a cachet to dating somebody who was literally from New York City, like actually from New York City, and not like you know, not Jersey Mount City, Vernon. not definitely not Mount Vernon, um, but actual New York City. Mm. So I think, as sad as it sounds, there was some remnants of that in my head that are like hey, hey my boyfriend's from the Bronx and it's official over there yes <laughs> so when we first started talking and you were like I'm from the Bronx I was like yeah baby and then you were like sound of you I was like oh. wait what's that so that part of the Bronx so here's the thing wait wait <laughs> well, you, you went to Riverdale nigga is that what it is no oh gosh you know um but growing up I thought sound, I had this in 
I had this vision in my head that Soundview was like the good part of the Bronx. You know, I didn't at one point to, it was right. So in my head, I was like, "Damn it!" Shout out to Sex Money Murder. Be, I want you to be from fill in the blank for me. I don't know what part of the Bronx is this? Riverdale. No, Riverdale's like rich people. Right. I wanted you to be from not rich people. I want you to be from the hood, hood, hood. Oh, hood, hood. Hood. Ooh. I live in the Bronx, by the one and the four. Like, that's what I need. Five section, Co-op City. Uh, okay, maybe not that. Right. <laughs> maybe not Co-op City quite. Although, also being a Jersey girl, I grew up thinking that Co-op City was like, ooh, fancy. It just yeah. sounded like it. And then for me... Growing up here, tall buildings meant like high rises. It was a while before I understood that just because there's more, more than mm-hmm. eight floors doesn't mean it's moving on up like the Jefferson's. Right. Um, so Co-op City used to be, I had a lot of fun in Co-op City. Um, never did Section 5. You just stayed out of Section 5. Okay. Um, Why? Section 5. How many sections are there? Five. Mm-hmm. And the fifth section was where you go to get fucked up. <laughs> That was the that was the official hood of Co-op City. I why think do it still you think, is. Why do you think logistically there had to be some reason why that would be the case? I don't know. I don't know the exact geography of like where each section was. I don't know if like Section Five was in the back or whatever, right. but Section Five was always the roughest. Or maybe because this is all subsidized housing, right? Co-op City, or um, not all? Probably not all when not you all. were young. I think. I don't. I don't they, I mean, I don't think it ever was all subsidized. I think it was always a mix of. Actual co-ops that folks are purchasing. Actually, there were a lot of a lot of those co-ops are purchased. Um, mm. My uh, grandmother-in-law, rest in peace. Um, she owned hers until mm-hmm. it was time for her to move out. So yeah, there's a lot of folks who own there. Um, so you want to hear a funny story about Section Five and how I already know about Section Five? Does this involve a Rough Rider? No, but I do have a good Rough Rider story. I know you but do. No. <laughs> Wait, how do you know? Which high school did I go to? Oh, right. Mm-hmm. That's not a good story. That's just a story. No, it's, it's good. It wasn't good for you. But it's a good story. If I met him backstage at the Apollo, that would make it a good story. Mm. But I didn't. Um, so, Faith. Um, we did a whole chapter about her beating bitches up um, who were fucking around with Big. Mm-hmm. And looking back, she's like, I just feel so dumb. You know, every time I found out he was with some woman... I went for her, mm-hmm. never for him, um, or him too. But it was all like, we got to go get this girl. Mm-hmm. So she's in Newark, and she finds out that he's messing with some girl in Co-op City. And uh, her and her friends are like, let's go. We got to get out there and beat this girl up or whatever. It was in Section 5. Mm-hmm. How'd they go for her? She found the girl and beat her up. Impressive. Yeah, she found the girl, got her to come. First, she was just outside. Screaming, yelling, get mm-hmm. down here, get down here. Finally, some other girls in the building who didn't like her dragged her down the stairs so that they could watch Faith beat her up. That's a bad way to go. Jeez. So Soundview, in its early days, was lower middle class, enclave, mm-hmm. um, blue collar workers. Is it similar to Queensbridge? I don't know Queensbridge, mm-hmm. so I couldn't tell you. Okay. Um it was, if I'm thinking Brooklyn, it was Sunset Park. Okay. No, Sunset Park. Um, yeah, Sunset. Yeah. It's, it's Sunset like that. Yeah. Um, I remember, you know, there was an arcade that I would go to. Um, so how far is Co-op City from where you lived? 
Are you walking there? No. Um, it's 20 minute, half hour drive. Okay. How are you getting there? Uh, six train to Pelham Bay Park, 12 bus. Um, in which case you got 90 minutes easy to get there. And it's enough going on there that it's worth a 90 minute one way ride? Um, well, if I went there, I usually end up crashing one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so when I really started hanging out in co-op, I was, um, in college for those six weeks and I was running track. Mm-hmm. You were uh, in college for longer than six <laughs> weeks, but I don't know why you, I don't know. Um, at that point I had either had my car or I was riding with a friend. You know, I was, I was in the Coupe de Ville mm-hmm. driving to co-op city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so Early on, pre-crack, you know, um, arcades and everything, it's not bad. It's hood. I mean, Soundview literally has one, three or four projects, different, mm-hmm. different, totally different projects, and you know how that goes. Of course. Um, then you have Castle Hill, which is sort of the rival, na- the adjacent rival neighborhood, rival neighborhood. So all that stuff was, it was fine. And then uh, crack hits. Then you have Pistol Pete, Sex Money Murder, all those things. And that's like my prime era. I don't know Pistol Pete, but I know Sex Money Murder, of course. Pistol Pete created, brought Sex Money Murder from okay. Rikers to Soundview. Okay. Um, So my whole neighborhood was like blooded up to the nines. Um, I got a pass because my mother babysat mm-hmm. neighborhood kids. Mm-hmm. So everybody would help her. They'll carry groceries, look out, whatever else. I was a kid that, because of her, I realized I wasn't allowed to do dirt. I was a kid like you don't touch. You like also, I I just happened to come across a photo of you. You also wasn't that person. Like if I'm Pistol Pete and I see sixteen year old you, no, <laughs> <laughs> there will be no dirt done by you, sir. Well, go inside right now. So the funny thing is, I found out as an. Uh, Probably by the time I was 27, 28, I found out the local precinct had a file on me. Hmm. Um, they had a file on me, my friend O, and my hmm. other friend Jewel. Hmm. Did, did it have anything in there about y'all crying over girls? <laughs> <laughs> and singing Brian McMahon. <laughs> I'm just saying, that should be in the files. One last cry. That would have saved them a lot of trouble, actually. <laughs> I'm realizing now that I actually, I think, alluded to this in um, one of my SPN rights episodes. It's actually the last one I did, Title Town View. Mm. Um, so, Jules' house was on a block up from me on Commonwealth Avenue. And it was trap adjacent. Mm-hmm. So Jules' father basically allowed them to sell in front of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, the rule was keep it clean, make sure everything's straight. What does that mean? Literally clean, sweep up, clean up. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, no crack vials. They, so they didn't, they didn't push crack like that. They pushed... We they probably did coke, something else. I can't remember, but they weren't pushing crack at that point. I feel like uh, during our time, both of us, mm-hmm. there were dealers 
there were crack dealers, mm-hmm. and then there was everybody different else. Different breeds. There was two different like, breeds. Like, people weren't doing selling crack and cocaine. Right. Cocaine was much more uh, high brow. Right. Mm-hmm. So, the gang members were running crack. Right. Um, I think that's part of the reason why these guys, these these weren't gang members. These were other dudes. Mm-hmm. Like, um, one was a DJ. They all had their other hustles, but they, the main thing was selling. Um, crack was held down by blood, sex, money, murder, all those guys. So that was that over there. Um, and if they did, it probably wouldn't have flown because that's what Jules' father didn't want in front. He didn't want the element in front of there either. So everything was very well maintained, controlled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, but they were still hand in hand. Still hand in hand, but they knew everybody that was coming up to do whatever, like chit chat, whatever. It was so clean, as a matter of fact, that on occasion, one of the detectives in the precinct would pull up chat with them whether it was to check them or whatever it is and they're like oh fuck off blah 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 but they would do their right. whatever and he would skip, it, skip off and I think it was because they were probably more valuable to him just there right than wherever else they could decide right. if to they be. go away it creates a vacuum Correct. you don't know what fills a vacuum Correct. and these like I said these guys were as respectable <laughs> as, dealers, as can be. dealers can be um, dealers can be very respectable mm-hmm. yeah um, that trick or something there I was just thinking, all the drug dealers that I know, most of them have been pretty respectful. Right. I've known the full mm-hmm. gamut. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because we always hung out in front of Jules' house, police began to know me, oh, in Jules. They had it. So, one day, a detective or somebody goes up to O's father. And this is years after the fact. And he goes, you know, we've been watching the boys for a while, too, for years. Like we, No, that's what it was. Funny enough. I'm, I'm like, I hope I'm getting my trouble. They approached Omar's father, rest in peace, um, about doing surveillance from his roof. Mm, okay. Because his roof kind of was, was on the corner and looked into the middle. Okay. And of course, he's like, eh, I'm good over here. Right. Okay. And, and this is post Diallo. This is all like, right. so tensions with the precinct are not right. the greatest either. Um, somehow, during the course of the conversation, like, you know, we've been watching your son and his friends. Mm. And they had it in their head that. Owen Jules were the muscle. And you were the brains. I was a runner. Oh. I always had a backpack. Right. And I was literally from there, I was running and Always going running. And so always, at this time, he's 6'3", 230. Mm-hmm. Jules is 6'7", 2 and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I, I look like I had protection. <laughs> and we always had this thing where we kind of walked inside or size order. So mm-hmm. we would just kind of know walking out of the box, oh, here they come. Mm-hmm. And because we were so cool, they thought we were working for them. I found out years later. And you were nowhere near it. No. <laughs> In another world, if they think that, you end up dead. Who? You. No. Or one from, of your friends. From, from whom? From the file existing to oh. them saying, mm-hmm. let's figure out what's going on here. To them saying, what's in your backpack? Well, I had, so... Um, back in the day, there was a street crime unit with Giuliani. Mm-hmm. I got caught with them on one occasion where they pop out of a yellow taxi in the Bronx. Wait, a street what? Street crimes unit. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. So the street crimes unit um, essentially didn't have a precinct. They, they roamed wherever them. they wanted. Right. They were wild cowboys. Right. Um, I'm, I want to say, 16. And me and my friend Tariq are walking back from uh, Jules, front of Jules, and we're coming home. And this um, yellow cab comes barreling down on us. If you know the Bronx, you know there are no yellow cabs happening. Mm-mm. 
Um, mm-hmm. And this was unmarked or anything else. Mm-hmm. Four DTs jump out, bulletproof vests, guns drawn, stop us, frisk us. And it's like, do you know about any guns being run? Do you know about blah, blah, blah. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I like don't you're going to be like, actually, I do. <coughs> right. If you want to come have a cup of coffee, I'll tell you everything I know. So I'm getting a full pat down, guns drawn, the whole bit. And just like that, they're gone. Back in the cars, out. I go tell my father what happened. And my father isn't political is not the word, but he's not the type that you would think we're like, we got to go talk to the death sergeant. Right. First thing he did though, was like Let's to go. the precinct. He's like, blah, blah, blah. He's getting stopped. He's nobody's like, what, what, what the fuck was that? And, gun, and it's like the death sergeant's like, yeah, that's street crimes. We have no control over them. <gasps> they do what they want to do. Like you, you can give me a report, but it's not going to go anywhere. I promise you. Like I understand, but it's just what oh they God. do. Where are they now? Um, that was dismantled because actually it was a street crimes unit. I want to say next year, the year after that killed Amadou mm. Diallo. Mm. And that's when it really became a thing. Mm-hmm. So, there so they're was not that. connected to the dirty 30. Was that what it was called? What was the precinct in the Bronx? That was, uh, cause I was in the 42nd precinct. Like Serpico kind of. Yeah. All that shit. I'm not sure. I don't know if that was that the Bronx. Yeah, that was the Bronx. Isn't the Bronx where, um, dude, Bro- Killed up, shot up the cops and escaped and was on the oh, run and all um, that. Yeah, that was. Um, um, can't remember his name right now. Which is nuts. Um, I wrote a story about yeah, him. He's, he's a, I remember reading about him in Feds Magazine back in the yeah, day. Yeah, man. He was he was big. He was huge. Um, we're going to think of it before. I mean, you have a computer right in front of you. Yeah, no. Um, I want to think of it myself. Um, Larry. Larry, Larry Davis. Davis. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That was the Bronx, right? Yep. I believe it was either Bronx or Uptown. I can't remember. I was thinking today about um, we were I was having a meeting level.medium.com and I came across an idea for a story that I really want to, you know, hear, Mm -hmm. read, whatever. Mm -hmm. And for the first time in I don't know how long, I didn't say I want to do it. Right. I am the queen of like, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. I have all this stuff on my plate, but I want to do it. Mm -hmm. I felt no pull to do it. I want to read it, but I was totally okay with saying, but this person should be the one to write it. And that's like kind of a thing for mm-hmm. me because that's not usually I always want to write the thing right um there was a reason why I was saying that damn it we were talking about Larry Davis um I mean the, the person the subject you're talking about has been in trouble with the law and yeah. a couple times so and it's kind of similar to that. And everything else um not not, oh. not not Larry Davis level but no not like Larry Davis but so I'm writing a story on Larry Davis and this is during the time where I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Right. I had no time to really give to this the way I wanted to, but I was just obsessed with the story. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do it. So I decided that I wanted to redo his entire thing from the where it came from, where he jumped, right. where he ended up. I wanted to do the whole sweep. And what I thought was really scary was how much... I was like, I'm not gonna. All these places are not going to still be here. Mm-hmm. This building is going to be this. This house might not... How long after are you doing this? This is about 10, 15 years ago. Okay. Nothing is different. Mm-hmm. Nothing is different. And I was still, and I still am today, the kind of reporter who was just, I'm surprised that I haven't gotten myself into more trouble than I have. Because I remember walking into this barbershop. So you're, you're expecting like some gentrification have taken place. Right. Since. And it had not. Right. I'm sure it probably has since then, but it had not. Uh, even that. So I'm just walking around the Bronx. Like the Bronx is not. The place I would never go to, I don't know, Haiti without a fixer. 
that's to your kind equivalent? of walk me through. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> or just any place where I no. don't speak the language. I'm not going to Italy to write a story so without a fixer. The Bronx is interesting because people's view of the Bronx is either the Warriors, mm-hmm. which was te- which is actually Brooklyn, but that same kind of aesthetic, mm-hmm. or the Jackie Chan Rumble in the Bronx, which is mm-hmm. actually filmed in Canada. <laughs> um, everybody thinks like the Bronx is burning. Is a permanent phase of the Bronx, correct? And it's and, in, it is and, not. and that is the, and it wasn't really that, and then. that is the expanse of the Bronx, right. which it isn't either, right? Of course. Um, so I go to the Bronx, and it would have been, it would have behooved me to probably, I don't know, but anyway, I walk into a barbershop. I don't know what I'm thinking, and I'm like, hey, anybody? Um, hi, I want to talk about Larry Davis because this is the spot where blah 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 happened, and he's doing looking at me like this bitch crazy, just plain quiet. And I'm really thinking that someone's going to be like, That sounds like the most Susan you. thing you've ever done in your life. If only it had been. So um, I left. I was like, all right, I guess. I mean, they would, no one would even say, no, we're not going to talk to you. It was just no. quiet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. Well, First of all, you're in a barber shop. So I'm in a barber you're already shop. picking yeah. the wrong spot. But this was, I wanted to retrace my steps. Mm-hmm. Retrace his steps. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody in the barber shop did end up coming out and talk to me afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, who are you here with? So one. And, and I was like, nobody. Not to belittle you as a reporter. My metro card. I'm just going to note, walking in, nobody wanted to help you. Mm-hmm. Walking, walking out. out. Fuck you. <laughs> um, so for the record, I always control for that. So mm. if you ever saw me in reporter mode, I would not have on these houndstooth leggings. Fat ass Let's just say that. And, I, and you told me to wear a baggy sweater, and I did, and it still didn't work. I said my sweater. What you sweater? need something bigger. You need a big baggy sweater. You need a boyfriend sweater. Oh, yeah. But I like these. They're very comfortable. I like them, too. They're not appropriate, though. So this is where we go back to our usual thing. I think they're fine. It's yeah. not that they're not appropriate. You're not comfortable in them. Those are two different things. I'm not comfortable in them because I feel like they're not appropriate. But that's just my background. Mm -hmm. Um, So barbershop. Barbershop. Yeah. So someone did come out of the barbershop and end up helping me out a bit. Did he ask for the number? That's a great question. I don't think he did. I remember that the barbershop was Larry Davis's last stop before you could literally follow the blood stains to the hospital no i mean when i I was reading like the earlier ones it was Mm -hmm. like you could follow the blood stains to the hospital um so the bronx is people do have that i don't think of gentrification in the bronx and i'm sure it's happening there it's much slower um there's sort of a domino effect i found with gentrification in new york obviously you had um harlem because it's right in the city Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you um although past Harlem mm-hmm. it hasn't quite like it skipped over that part a little mm-hmm. bit like Washington, Washington Heights Washington Heights is still you Washington Heights you need a Heights. fixer in Washington <laughs> eh, not really um, but it went Brooklyn Brooklyn got ate up Queens is getting eaten up Bronx is get a little bit but the thing is also the Bronx isn't convenient right um, and you need that for gentrification right um, the Bronx you have essentially the yeah, you don't have enough trains to really make it mm. a viable thing. Especially if you're talking about working in Midtown or Downtown. It doesn't So what work. trains are in the Bronx? Uh, fair number. You have the BD... Oh, so... 1-9... How's that not the convenient? The 6, the 4 or 5. <clears throat> they, it's, when they, it's when they become express trains that become a problem. Mm. So, f- for example, Riverdale. Yeah. It's... Uh, if you're not familiar with Riverdale, it's more of an up, um, 
upper middle class to rich enclave. Mm -hmm. It's at the very top of the Bronx. Mm -hmm. It's the last stop on the one train. Mm -hmm. So if you're living up there and you work in the city, you're actually taking the Metro North. You're not even taking the subway. Oh, wow. So it's just not convenient. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't. And, you know, for me, living in Soundview, I lived in a two-fare zone. Mm. So my house was about three or four miles from the subway. So I was either taking a dollar van or um, a bus to the train. Yeah, I lived in Cambria Heights, and I had to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I took the something to the last stop and then a dollar van to my apartment. Right. Same way, if you're familiar with Brooklyn at all, Red Hook is a, very much the same way, where it's set, sealed off because there's no train going there. Right. So it's so I said, like, them building the Ikea was amazing because nobody's like, who's going to go there? I know. But there's always these enclaves and stuff in the city that be, they stay where they are because they're not convenient enough to be taken over. Mm-hmm. So is the Bronx ever going to be fully gentrified? Like, I don't know, Brooklyn, Harlem? Um, I mean, I think it's all inevitable. I always joke that at some point, poor people are going to live on boats. <laughs> um, it'll happen at some point. But I think that happens as Harlem gets full and as jobs come to Harlem. Like if, if Harlem had a real... If, if Google opens an office in Harlem, mm. it's a wrap for the Bronx. Right. So it's all a matter of what's happening. What's there. Right. Which is not going to happen. I, you say that, but you don't know. It's, it's, it's. Um, no, I'm not saying they wouldn't come to New York, but they wouldn't get their, the best bang for their buck. They like campuses. Mm-hmm. So I don't see a campus. Well, I mean, there's a Google building in Manhattan. Yeah, no. There's an office already. But if they did like a campus campus, mm-hmm. like, you know. Apple is the only tech company that doesn't have an actual campus anywhere but their main campus. Mm-hmm. So, and if they ever did, it's not going to be in an urban center. Right. It's going to be in Fairfax, Virginia, or mm-hmm. Oklahoma, or someplace where they can spread out and be it's secretive. Like the, something like the Amazon deal that they were trying to push through. Correct. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Except it's probably never going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this... I don't. I don't see... It fully ever hitting that way in terms of gentrification in Bronx. It's bits and pieces, but it's never going to quite be that. It's kind of like, you know, here in Bloomfield, uh, very, it's definitely becoming gentrified, um, due in part to where we live in this mm-hmm. very building, which mm-hmm. is three seconds away from the train. Right. Um, super convenient. And it's also the next town over is full. And the next town over um, is all the things. Right. So, but then again, the next town over on the other side where I grew up in East Orange, no gentrification, mm-hmm. none. There's no intrepid folks being like, I'm going to live here. Right. The real estate's there. What's the transportation situation in East Orange though? So the the problem with East Orange, there is a train, there's two trains, mm-hmm. East Orange train station and mm-hmm. Brick Church. Mm-hmm. So Brick Church is the main one. And it will get you to New York as fast as the one here. Right. In fact, if I'm really messing up and I missed a train here, I can take an Uber to Brick Church and get to the city. Right. Um, but it's a horrible station. Mm. I don't know if you've ever been to Brick Church with me Mm-mm. for any reason. No. We've never, like, taken the train back and gone to Brick Church instead of... No. So it smells bad. Um, there is a shopping center there that hasn't been mm. looked at or touched in It's forever. a capital investment away, basically. It's just nobody's right. trying to go to that train station mm-hmm. at all. Um, so East Orange is just the only people who will get property in East Orange are not only, but the main people are people who don't also the school systems are not great. Mm-hmm. And before anybody listens, 
listening here tries to cancel me, I'm not having that shit. I am a product of the East Orange School District from 1977 to 1990. So I can tell you as a fact, I'm tired of hearing about who's from East Orange, New Jersey. I get to say (laughs) that the school systems are troubled. Not only did I go to school there, but I taught there. So at your mama. Um, But it is. Our phone number is 862-234-0028. I don't understand why you know that number. Mm -hmm. Do you know my number? No. We lived together. Mm-hmm. We are a couple. We had sex like four hours ago, mm-hmm. but you don't know my phone number. Do you know mine? No. I, I only today learned that it starts with the 646. Yeah. I didn't even know that. So the fun thing about my number is if you're one digit off, you call my ex-wife. See? Good times. So, uh, yeah, I don't, ha- I don't know your number. It's weird. Mm. Is it? It's not. It's just, yeah, kind of. If the world comes to an end, I should be able to call you, but you'll probably be downstairs. <laughs> so anyway, East Orange is a tough fit for gentrification. Mm-hmm. Um, so now the shopping center is being torn down. And I think that that's going to be the huge. first the first sign. That's the mm-hmm. first thing. If they can revamp the whole train station yep. section, it'll be it'll be different. I lived in East Orange, you know, my whole life. And then as an adult. Um, I moved in, lived in East Orange as well. When it was time for I my... mean, we technically live in East Orange now. More than technically. We, we li- do. We live in East oh, Orange Oh, so now. I can... So, the building that <laughs> I live in was a GE factory that opens up in post-World War II. And it's in East Orange, New Jersey. Twelve years ago, some investors purchased it. All the windows were blown out. Kids would come up in here to do all kinds of nonsense, and it was just a mess. A couple we can call by name. Yeah, a couple weeks ago, my name. Hey, Paul, how are you? Um, so investors bought it, redid it, spent millions and millions and millions of dollars, and no one was trying to move to East Orange. So they made a deal with the city of Bloomfield and said, let us use the name of this town so that people will want to move here. Except there was one problem. Except the one problem is, well, there was lots of problems. But the main problem is, if you move here, you can put Bloomfield down as your address. That is your actual legal address. Come here with some kids and think you're taking them to the Bloomfield School District and you're going to get your feelings hurt because you ain't. So uh, our water system is from East Orange. Our utilities are all East Orange. Um, Our police system is all from, like, I remember one time the police had to come for something and... This woman was like, I don't understand. Why are the East Orange police here? That's, oh, God. And I was like, because, bitch, you live in East Orange. Hate to tell you. Um, So I feel weird about it because mm. it's the type of thing that actually disgusts me. But a what? bitch still lives here. Right. And I allow this. And I contribute to it by living here. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. I mean, listen. Again. I, I'm coming out of a divorce four years ago. I got a little eight-year-old. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to move. I don't know what's going to happen. I wanted to live in a place like this. Mm-hmm. I just did. I wanted to live in a fancy place. Right. And I did. And I don't regret it. And I like it here. And I like that I live close to my hometown. That I live in my hometown. I was going to say. <laughs> but not really. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, so, we've got... A mini corona dilemma that we're trying to sort out. 
With the Churins. More than many. When? So the Churins are with their other respective parents. Mm-hmm. Your son is with his mom. My daughter is with her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and have been for two weeks. Uh, yeah. This is the, we're going into the third? Well, I'm going to the second. You're going to the third. Okay. I'm in the second. You're in the third. Right. We had some, you know, it became clear to me two weeks ago that my daughter would be safer in a one family house with her dad uh, rather than in this 800 resident Petri dish. Um, Jim's still open. Jim is still open. What in the world? Um, But I think we're both feeling the effects. I wonder if we are trying to get them here for them or for us. Um, I think the answer is yes. Mm. And it's also for their parents, the other parents. Right. Um, I know his mother, my son's mother is tired yeah. <laughs> and she needs, she needs a break. She needs a break. Um, Six is very different than almost 13. Right. And even that I've said before, like the, the issue with a six year old is you have to always be engaged with a six year old. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's some playing by yourself and there's some, I'm on the tablet, but even on the tablet, like, Hey, let's play the game. Like, mm-hmm. Let's do X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. together. Dad, are you still working? Why are you still working? X, Y, and Z. Every meal is a thing. Right. You can't say, go get that Pop-Tart and leave me alone. Right. Not yet. Although you're working on them. I'm working. Um, getting there. But it's, it's a it's a tougher it's a tougher run. Mm-hmm. Um, professionally, between me and his mother, I'm in a better position to do that and be that than mm-hmm. she is. Mm-hmm. Um, but moms are moms, and we know. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying that as in whatever. It's But it's true. Moms are a different breed. Um, in terms of relationships, especially for my son, who is a mother's boy, like I don't know, I want, I would like him here for an extended period of time. I don't know if he can manage, He'll like a fine. two weeks He'll without seeing mom. Mm, this is, I don't know. Right, there's the same boy that cursed me the hell out right. his last night here, which had nothing to do with seeing mom. Right, but, but still, um, I think my kid is a little bit different because she's been doing a week on a week off mm-hmm. for ever, ever, so she knows batten down the hatches and be here mm-hmm. although two weeks is very different than one um although i feel like there's been two weeks since, yeah she's done two weeks for sure since i've been around mm-hmm. yeah. she's done it um but but those times are always your dad's traveling so mm-hmm. we're gonna stick on a little bit more time right but going in knowing two weeks mm-hmm. not so much um so i think it's more for me than for her um her dad said he's chilling and he's not whatever he's not but i don't believe that I just can't imagine that you could be... It, this is not normal times where he's going into the city and mm-hmm. doing things. You're stuck in the house. Right. Um. So, I don't know. Is there a world where you just hang out over there, spend some time with her, and come back? No. So, what I think is happening right now is that we're all getting this... We're being lulled into a false sense of security. And maybe that's for good reasons, and maybe not. Mm-hmm. But my daughter has had the the main thing with the coronavirus is the level of phlegm that gets inside of you mm-hmm. that causes pneumonia and takes you out. My daughter has had phlegm in her lungs since she was four years old. Um, she has had asthma her whole life. Like, literally the one part of your body that the coronavirus wants to fuck up is the one part of her body that is the weakest. Right. Um, she has a pump. She has her nebulizer. But... 
I think coronavirus. I think the coronavirus could. I don't think that she's the kids that they talk about, right? Who have it, could shake it off and and keep it. I don't think that would be her, right? Um, she literally is full of mucus. Like, Mm. just her natural state of being is hawking up a lung every day. Um, got the buckets. So, and we have the buckets of toilet paper to prove it. So, I have to be. I, I. I don't know. It's also hard too because our situation's a little counterintuitive. Um, typically, well, I'm gonna say typically, but all things being equal, you want the kids at in the, the same house. time. Not even at, at the same time. That's also helpful, but also at the house where there are two adults, as opposed to right. your ex husband, my ex wife, who are just there by They're themselves. Just by themselves, correct. Um, a for logistical reasons and, and somebody and, can do homework and right can. and just for the sake of having a break yeah like um i always i always think of um my fr- friends cat and ellie who um they have twins mm. and they live uh they live upstate now actually they have been a little bit uh bread and breakfast that one day i'll get to when the apocalypse is over mm-hmm. but um the one thing they said is like when you have twins by default you're a single parent there's always a child in your hand Right. And you don't spend time with both of them at the same time, whatever it is, but there's always one with you. Right. And that conversation always had me thinking about these situations where, um, you know, if it's a house with one one person, that's just it. Yeah. You know, if you're a single parent, that's it. So, and then the other problem becomes, well, first of all, I, I in a perfect world, they're here together. Right. Um, they've bonded. Mm-hmm. They've whispered threats to each other right. under their and the age range is actually very it's perfect yeah I was, so my, this this sort it's of not a, the age range it's them because mm-hmm. six and 12 or 7 13 could be not okay it's just they are good right um because 13 she's just a six-year-old inside mm-hmm. and we're lucky for that and he's a 13 year old inside. he's an old man so you know that's why she's discovered nerf exactly nerf guns and all the fun stuff um so they're good mm-hmm. Uh, together they sort of cancel each other out almost they, a bit they can entertain each other that's the biggest thing they entertain each um, other even if it's only briefly mm-hmm. uh, and as and as, as I'm not, hard-headed is not the word but as stubborn as my son can be something about her not just being oh, older yeah. not just being older but being bigger mm-hmm. he's Either following her mm-hmm. or trying to be her and emulate Absolutely. her and be her equal. Absolutely. There's like a, and that works out well. It's a little bit less whining. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit less, because it's like, well, I can't, like, right. I can't show out. Right. Because she's standing right here. Um, one of the funniest things I ever heard him say, well, it wasn't what he said. It was just his face. <laughs> when they were, I guess she had just come over and he was already there. Mm-hmm. And he was like, so what you got for homework? Cause that's what I'm about to do. <laughs> just like he was right. wanted to just show, like I'm you. Right, we're the same. Mm-hmm. You got homework. I'm going. He was yeah. like, you got homework because I'm about to get started. I just poured homework. me a juice box and I'm settling in for the night. <laughs> and she was just like, yes, Cole. I I'm gonna start my right. homework too. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what we do. Right. He's very cognizant of the fact that she's a kid mm-hmm. and he wants her to be a kid right that's not gonna last for very long but for now mm-hmm. even though she's seven feet tall she's like she's one she's me right she's not y'all um so there's that but then there's also the part about can they go back and forth like i just think it's too soon to think that we can cycle them out 
from mom and dad to here to mom and dad to here to two days here to a night. Right. I don't think we're there. Right. I really don't. And I'm not trying to be the one. I'm not. I don't even know what the fuck is going on. I don't know well, what the fuck is going on. Well, that's a hard but part, I'm not, too. I can't live in a building like this mm-hmm. and then go to my kid's house and think, I don't know. Yeah, But that's the hard part, too. It's so... I think the initial thought process was um, the incubation for COVID mm-hmm. is two weeks. It's two weeks. And we got word that there was some issues in the building. Yep. So it's like, okay, from the time we heard, y'all got to just go, go, whatever. Right. Um, and then we'll reassess. Yep. The problem with that is, and I just, it's part of an article I just wrote, is you set the timeline from the initial. But, but you what don't happens, stay put. But what happens if on day thirteen you I become patient zero? Right. Or never forget stop a shop uh, here. Yeah, you press the elevator button. Right. So there's an arbitrariness to it. And it's it's some of it is um I think a lack of information. It's also a lack of options. Because if so if my ex wife is in a similar situation as I am with mm. you here, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not bothering with him at all. Stay yeah. over there. Don't worry about it. For as long as we have to do it, it sucks. I dismissed my son's uh, birthday mm. on Saturday. Mm. That was not a good time. Um, Maisie's birthday is Saturday. this coming Saturday. Yep. Um, so this is like the worst time mm-hmm. as a parent to be, to be doing this. Yep. Um, we're, we're taught, or not taught, but our instincts for the most part as parents is when there's danger, we run towards our children not away away. and that's kind of what's happening here Mm -hmm. um i sent you a tweet i shared this morning and i asked um you know if you're a single parent whether you have your child full-time or you can't see them at all Mm -hmm. how are you coping how are you doing Mm -hmm. and there was one woman who said she was uh immunosuppressed Mm -hmm. um so she couldn't leave or go anywhere do anything um, the father's not a part of their lives, mm-hmm. her, the child's life at all. And the child has sensory issues. So he only eats like five or 10 things. Mm. So she has to like make arrangements to get as much of that as possible. Okay. And in these kind of spaces, flexibility is really important. Like yep. when things, you know, we're now in a space where you can only get two dozen eggs at a time. Mm-hmm. If eggs is this child's thing, what do you do? What are you supposed to do? So she's like, we're going through it. We're trying to figure out. Like she basically said, I'm not even bothering with um, home learning right now. I just got to keep him or her right. That's kind of sen- like sane and and straight. Right. So when this all ends, they they can go back to some sort of normalcy. That's kind of like in the staff meeting today at level.medium.com. I was talking about how just stay inside makes sense if there's a zombie apocalypse for right. 48 hours. Right. But as a way of life, what are smokers supposed to do? Mm-hmm. They have to go outside and smoke. Well, I even mentioned, even during that conversation, I wasn't part of the meeting, but our conversation afterwards, I said, I was talking about the elderly. Mm-hmm. Not every elderly person has an air conditioner right. in their apartment. It's going to be hot soon. Right, it's going to be hot soon. And typically, seniors go to cooling centers, whether it's a library or whatever else. If those places still shut down, right. how does that work? Um, if you are, like, for, for example, all, my isms are perfect for this. Because I want to stay in the house. Mm-hmm. If you're depressed, you have to do the exact opposite of that. Right. Somebody should be coming over to hopefully get you out of the house. Right. 
So what I fear is going to happen is that as time goes on, we're going to realize that staying in the house needs a lot of support, mm-hmm. you know, because I feel better than I did yesterday because I walked up five flights of steps, right? Um, which I haven't done. I haven't exerted any type of energy outside of things. <laughs> um, I don't care about talking about sex now. Ew. What the hell? It's all been said. Mm, it hasn't been published. <laughs> I know, but somehow, even though the sex episode will never see the light of day, I don't care about talking I think about it has, sex. I think it has more legs now that we haven't put it out than it would have otherwise. Hmm. Um, but no, to your point. There's um, a lot of people that need to get outside for lo- small, mm-hmm. large and small reasons. And now Nork is cra- cracking down and saying, if we see you outside, mm-hmm. you know, like, what about people who, you know, we are extremely privileged in our living situation. Mm-hmm. Imagine there's you got five kids in a one bedroom apartment or whatever kind of situation right. it is. Absolutely. And you're saying everybody just sit here. Mm-hmm. A 19 year old, a 20 year old, young adult, older teen. They mm-hmm. not sitting up in the house with y'all all damn day. They getting out. They're going outside. And for now, because right now it feels like a true emergency. We can do it. But as but a way of life. The thing is, we're saying we can do it, but still a lot of folks who aren't. Yeah. So it's, even now we have, you know, we've gotten to the point now, and the thing that really scares me is it went from stay in place. Right. It's the best thing we can do. Guys, just follow the yeah. suggestion, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We're now at a space now where the police are being more and more empowered yep. to regulate I don't like this. I where that's going to go. Um, so I saw recently that i think newark they're gonna start handing out fines soon for violating same place staying that's fine whatever. when are they gonna start arresting people because that's what i'm not fine with well that's the other thing um i shared with you an article the other day and i can't remember where it was but a uh, black man is in some store shopping oh, he, has his a, mask on. he has a surgical mask yeah and a police person a policeman is called to escort him out because he's wearing a mask right during the pandemic mm. so it's like what do we do we're right I, the writing is kind of on the wall. Somebody's going to die behind this mm-hmm. as a result of law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was actually before, even before the tickets. Um, I think it was the Newark mayor said, if you see yeah, people call. congregating, call the police. Call the police. Which. Come on. Right. Come on. So I feel like right now we're all lulled. I feel like things are going to do something else. Mm-hmm. I feel like right now we're going to look back on this like, oh, this is when everything was cool when we were listening to DJs at night and right. battles and this mm-hmm. and that and everybody was still eating their snacks and posting memes about how they're gaining weight and blah, 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 blah. That well, shit's about to come to an end. We're on the verge of finding out the whole taps and the conspiracy theorists are right we're all, all along. right, all along. And as we get these vaccinations... And the 5G waves come in. Did you see that one country that gives you a stamp to show that you... You tested positive for the antibodies and you're immune. I was like, ooh, That's not gonna, yeah, I yeah. don't like that. Right. How else are you supposed to prove it? How else are you supposed to prove it so that you can go back to work, go be in the hospital, go do this, mm-hmm. go all, go do all. It's not like a tattoo or a brand or something, but it's something that goes on your arm. And I was like. Yeah, it feels, but it feels very apartheid. It feels very apartheid. It feels very scarlet letter. Right. It feels very like, oh dear. So, yeah. And I'm. How far away from a Corona dating app? You don't think that's already live? The COVID? Yes. The coronavirus dating app? Yeah. COVID mate? COVID mate or COVID whatever. COVID Tinder. 
Tinder COVID? I, I'm actually kind of tempted to download Tinder or something else just to see what? how that's being handled. What? Just to see. Nigga. How I decided the I'm going to stop saying the N-word. Just now? Mm-hmm. The second? Yeah, just a second. How'd that happen? What happened? It just doesn't seem appropriate. Not for the show. I'll say it in real life. But not here. I just, I don't think it's appropriate. I don't like the word. You say it all the time. I know. But I don't like it in mixed company. I say fuck all the time too. But Uh I don't say it in mixed company. Are you questioning my blackness right now? Is that what's happening? Your blackness? Yeah. Why? What's the mixed company? Mixed company doesn't have anything to do with ethnicity. Who's the mixed company? The people who are listening are mixed company, not you. So this is interesting. What? I'm uh, I'm curious to see how this goes going. So there was a before announcement and after announcement. Correct. Before announcement, it was whatever. Now it's like I don't think I feel comfortable saying that. Yeah, word. I don't. I see people in my head, mm. and I know David's listening. Hi, David. And David doesn't like it when I use the N word. So if I get a nigga button, will you push <laughs> it? If I get a nigga drop, is it me saying it? You tell me. Nigga. It's me saying it, yeah. So, okay, then I'll let you push the button. Yeah, then you just, every time you need to put it in. Um, Replace the really, L button. I'm really conflicted about that word mm. and my use of it. Um, I'm 46, so I feel like I could be able to say what the fuck I want. You can also not say what you don't want to say. And I can say not, right. but I can't not say it. All I'm I can more, do is say it and then be like, I'm sorry. I'm more interested in the revelation in this moment than the decision one way or the other so there's going to probably be a lot more revelations you know because of the whole pre and post thing Mm -hmm. because now i i'm still talking to you of course but there's an audience in my head that didn't exist Mm -hmm. last week you know why they didn't exist last week because they didn't exist (laughs) last week week because (laughs) i didn't say anything about it um it took a lot and it was difficult for Mm -hmm. me to Make my peace with that because my audience is weird. Um, I wanted to show you. 862-234-0028. I wanted to show you this checklist. I'm not sure if I ever showed it to you before. What is it? The checklist that I used to do every day Mm. Um, as part of my journal. Every morning I learned the warning signs of depression or mania. Mm -hmm. So I made up a questionnaire to check every. Do you still do it? No. I think that one of the most beautiful things that my therapist gave me was the push to stop doing it. First, it was, let's just do this weekly. Right. And then it was every two weeks. And then it was monthly. And then it was, I think you can just look inside yourself each day and And say, how am I feeling? Mm -hmm. Um, But after so many years of doing this back and forth, back and forth, and She's so still many visual moments, cues, ladies and gentlemen. Right, sorry. And so <laughs> many moments. I give visual cues on the podcast and visual cues uh, on writing practice while I'm talking to our audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got tired of waking up and realizing I was in one place or another. Right. And not being able to see how I got there. Right. So I made up this checklist and I would fill it out every day. It has 70 questions on it. Good God. 70. It started out with like 25. How long did it take you to do that? Probably 15 minutes. Hmm. Maybe. Over time, you kind of know like how right. much you weigh and what you eat last night and what time you go to bed, blah, blah, blah. Um, so sleep hygiene was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
it was how many times did you post on social media? How many selfies did you post on social media? Um, did you come up with a new idea <laughs> for some projects? Does it make sense to you? Are you done with it already? How many books did you write yesterday? It was this long thing. And my score would not be acceptable <laughs> if I took it. If I took it right now, it would be like enough for me to be like, look. Mm. Yeah, but we, we also had this conversation too in that you're doing a doing this podcast it's fun, but it is work. Of course. Um, More for you than for me. It's a mix because even like we even discussed being behind a mic for an hour and just talking. Right. You don't realize it in the process, but it's exhausting. it can be a thing. Yeah. Um, writing projects, mm-hmm. uh, level straight obviously, straight up day job, mm-hmm. all the things on top of when the kids were here, mm-hmm. on top of cooking, cleaning. Mm-hmm. Um, cleaning? Well, sometimes a little bit. Uh, we we miss you cleaning, baby. I know. Um, so much. It's easy on its face to look at it um, and think, "Is this uh, episode? Is there? Am I in the right. space?" But I had to point out, like, you took a nap yesterday. I did. Um, we took a day off. I did. A couple of days before that, a or a day before day that, off. a full day mm-hmm. off. Just not fucking. We're not doing anything, mm-hmm. and. It's a Sunday, which for most folks is like, yeah, of course not. But we don't live in a world where no. <clears throat> Sundays are really a day off. Um, you know, I have I wrote a whole essay on Sunday to get to my editor and all the other things. Um, so, yeah, I can look at the breadth of the work that you're doing and, and on a piece of paper say, uh, I don't know. But it's how it's being handled and how it's being processed in the midst of it all. Of course. Um and also, what level? So, what right. level? So, because and even to the extent of, and again, I wasn't there for your harder times. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, we sit, we're together every single day, all day, every day. When you say, I don't even feel like doing this shit today, that to me is also an indicator of like, of something more on a baseline, normal, of if course. you want to call it that. Absolutely. Um, you may still do the things because you have to. I don't feel like it. Right. I feel like that's not an option. Right. In your also, other state. it's interesting that the better I am in the long run baseline, the less work I'm trying to do. Right. Like the idea of saying, "Um, hey, you book proposal person, I'm good." Like mm-hmm. that's that's worth six months right. of posting a selfie every day mm-hmm. or some other sign that I would be hypomanic. Well, I think that's also where the idea that artists and creatives have to be a little damaged comes in play too because on top of you being in the mental space that you're in there's a financial need to do everything Mm -hmm. so you can't even justify taking a break because yeah i'm feeling i'm not feeling well but if i take this break the rent doesn't get paid exactly so what part do you give to right um the truth of the matter is i know that i'm not anywhere near where i've ever been Mm -hmm. um like, I can tell you now that my sleep hygiene is sucky and that I stay up too late, but I stay up too late reading a book. Right. I don't stay up too late writing a book. And, and you're comp- That's the difference between And even then, you compensate for it. There's, there's, been, there's been more compensating for it. Of course. Um, if even, I can stay up until three and I, don't, and I don't need a nap the next day, then we have some issues. Right. Also, if I can, you know, hypomania me will stay up until 3.30. 
I'm up at 6.30. Mm-hmm. And I'm running. Mm-hmm. I'm coming back. And the omelets are made by the time you wake up at 6.30 or right. 7 or whatever. Um, so there's levels to all of this. Mm-hmm. But the point is, where we, where, why I started talking about this is, when I'm talking into this microphone, I see that list. And I feel like every single person listening has a copy of that list. Mm-hmm. And it's making check marks mm-hmm. next to all the different things that they think are showing that I'm not well. Right. I think I told you that I said I felt like sometimes people can see me, old me, mm-hmm. as a train wreck. Mm-hmm. And could be listening to this right now like, I just want to be here for when right. something goes left. Right. Um, and we also talked about in that conversation the idea of because people aren't in the quote-unquote inner circle like they used to be. Because the inner circle now is us. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot of folks who are privy to what goes on when these mics are turned off mm-hmm. or when we're not writing something. Right. Um, and that's where, even on my end, it could look like I'm living the high life. Mm. Because I six months ago, mm-hmm. I'm in the dungeon. Mm-hmm. And so if it was like, if it was something like, oh, he's doing all these things down and it's... You know, he's in living high in a hog and it's in heaven. But no, we're we're still figuring things out and money's still mm-hmm. money and it means things mm-hmm. and it's like um I think it's just a mis- it's a misconception of uh in a weird way a misconception of happiness and being okay. Well, this is true, but I still feel like you have a freedom to sit behind your mic that I don't. Um because of all these things I'm saying. You don't have like mm-hmm. you don't have this vision of the people listening to you judging you or saying, "Ooh, she he's about to talk about X Y Z." And if they are doing that, you don't give a fuck. Well, I think there's I think there's I can't say the big reason, but I think a very large reason for that is also because I've never been private. Right. So this is baseline me anyway. Right. And I have um, been somehow super private and super public at, at the, the same exact time. same time. Right. Um. So. It's a little bit, this comes with a lot for me. Mm-hmm. This comes with a lot. And I think that's why I latched on to, am I really going to say that? I think that's why I latched on to one particular thing that I felt would make it okay for me to talk about it. Mm-hmm. When it really didn't, Matter. that really was not the thing. Right. It just felt like something I could hold on to and say, mm-hmm. Well, if I do this, then everybody will know right. that that's why I'm doing this mm-hmm. because this is this person. <laughs> right. And A, that's not really how it works because people can judge you no matter what. And Thanks. B, um, that's not how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was that was what that was. I just felt like I needed I needed some type of validation mm-hmm. so that people wouldn't judge me. I think I still feel that way. Yeah, I feel like. I feel like we all have so the difference between you and me, I think, is that I have one or two of those people that are always sitting on my shoulder that I'm worried about watching. Right. You have in the same level one or two people, but then there's this kind of ominous mass that you're looking at where no, you're It's at not one or two people. It's like three hundred people. Um, so when I say one or two, I mean there's there's one or two prime, mm. and then there's this sitting behind them. I have three hundred people prime. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I don't more. Have that. I have blood relatives. Mm-hmm. I have regular siblings. I have former teachers. I have people who've purchased my work. I have classmates. I have students. I have 
I have all of it. I have all of these people sitting on my shoulder. Like, interesting. <laughs> what is she talking about? What right. is this even? Huh. I want to know what she's saying. You know she's going to end up doing something ridiculous. Or she's going to burn out of this and she'll stop doing this after like two more of these. Which is possible. I mean, podcasts fail every day. Right. We're not. We're just not those kind of people. So, and I think I said this um, last episode, going into this, it was like, we'll try a different podcast every single day if we feel like it. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's not an indicator of anything. Um, Yeah, I think you're, I think this is happening at the perfect time for you. So it is. And I also think that, like, just today I found, um, I still don't think I would call it a podcast, but, uh, well, it was, it was, it was just video, video in the pod. It was, yeah. Whatever. Content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was we'll content. content. In 2009, I was trying to figure out what content looked like digitally. I think we all were. Yeah. And I had, uh, my first intern, Heather Faison. I know you're listening, Heather. I just know you are. Eight six two. It's halftime. Two, three, four. I called her halftime because her initials are H-A-F. And every Monday we had new music Mondays with halftime. And we talk about new music. She played three songs for me. I tell her what I thought about them. It's funny because one of them was Adele. Um, One of them was a Beyonce song that I didn't know. I don't even know how that could be possible. Anyway, so I'm just just now today, like an hour ago, I'm looking at this video of me. Uh, It's 2008. My daughter is a year old. She's hacking up a lung in the background. And it's like, I'm not new to trying. I've been doing this my entire life. Right. Not even writing. Like, I'll tell anybody, no, I'm just a writer. Everything else is extra. Mm-hmm. And that's not really true. For as long as we've been having um, access to video cameras and f- cameras on our phone and having our 12-year-olds hold up a camera, for as long as people have been doing this, I've been doing it. From the moment we started doing anything together, I was pushing you to embrace being a personality on top of the things you were already doing because I feel like you were trying to skip yeah, that I'm a little still, bit. Yeah, I'm not trying to be a personality. Except. I'm not. This doesn't make me a personality. No, you haven't. You being a personality makes you a personality. Yeah, I don't see myself as a personality. No. Okay. That's not what that is. Mm-hmm. But the point is, whenever I start to feel a way about what we're doing here, I have to remind myself. This ain't new. This is not new, Aaliyah. You've been trying to figure out how to how to do more than just writing content for mm-hmm. 11 years easy um so remind me to show you the commercial i made i used to make a commercial for my blog every week oh a commercial a real live in the streets commercial be careful you might uh oh, <laughs> plant some I ideas was doing in my head. a lot i was doing a lot um <gasps> shame Mm-hmm. We can't do a commercial. <gasps> uh, yeah, we'll see. You kind of got on my nerves today, babe. Just today? Just I'm doing today. good. Just today. Not any other day that I can remember. What I do? I don't remember. Just today felt a little like. So here we are. Felt a little. <laughs> I don't know what any of that felt means. Like coronavirus quarantine it felt a little quarantine-esque hmm. i can see that yeah, yeah. you can be 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you had your first practice round of Scrabble. I did, and I won. Uh, really? <laughs> I used Fez and Quo, nigga. That wasn't me talking. I just I pushed will, the button. I will leap across <laughs> this ottoman. I mean, really, would I have lost without your help? Yes. I don't know. It was kind of tough to call, don't you think? Uh, how did you get Fez? Oh, you gave me Fez? I, we were looking at your rack together. Oh, you put Fez on there? We were looking at rack rack <laughs> together, and I was like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. in my head, I thought I put Fez there all this time, ever <laughs> since last night when I mentioned it. That, see, that's why you said don't post it. Because if I would have posted that, I would have been like, I came up with Fez. No, so I was literally, we were, I, by the end, I was looking at your rack trying to help you figure out, like, Wait, see. are you sure? Why do I feel like I remember doing F-E-Z? I was helping you. Okay. Um, because You I was, were helping me quite but, a bit, but, but I came up with Fez on my own. Because I remember you saying, right, but so, bitch, are okay. you crazy with no, this no, no, word no, no. right now? You came up with Fez on your own, but you are about to turn in your tiles. Oh, right. Remember that part? That's true. It was like, but I did come up and, with the word and, on my own. And then it was like, you, we were a triple chord score. And like, I'm like, no, you need to be yeah, over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's just. Okay. So, yeah. I was just, I was only was a, talking about the words it I was, produced. No, you said you started off, off with you won. So, how about we start with, we had a good time. We had a good time. You learned how to play the game. I learned how to play the game. And we'll be competitive next time. And we'll be competitive next time. I won. Uh, I'm going to crush you. Um, so yeah, so more Corona hijinks, normal stuff. I don't know how we're gonna, we're gonna fight. We've, we mean gonna, we have. No, not like we ever have. We do, we don't really fight. I don't really fight. I don't really fight. So there we go. <laughs> but I mean, whatever that looks like for us. I think we've already been there. Mm-mm, it's gonna be worse. I'm not a yeller. I'm not a fighter like that. No, I don't mean like that. I just mean we're going to disconnect. For us, the worst type of fighting is going to be shutting down and not speaking to each other. That's really as far as we get. We're not yelling. We're not throwing things. We're not whatever. Right. We're not doing any of that. So Mm -hmm. for us, it's going to be, I'm not speaking to you. Or I'm leaving. Going off to catch Dorona. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, uh, there'll be something, but I don't think it'll be, it'll be that deep. Actually, what ends up happening is our fights, we somehow decide to get behind a microphone and then not air the thing ever. We we'll sat we'll here for two yeah, hours the other we day did. Yeah, we did. having a disagreement. You wouldn't put that on? No. I don't even remember what the heck we were talking about. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's the whole Do point. Do you remember? Uh, Not really. No, not really. Um, it's always existential. It's never like you ate my cheeseburger. Right. It's always like, but when I was seven, this is just how I am. Hmm. That's no, both of us. I think, I feel like it was might have been show relationship related, something, something, something. Well, it's usually relationship related. Right. So, yeah, no, and I wouldn't, so I wouldn't put that episode out because. Oh, that feels, I remember what you said. You were like, we don't want putting out something that people would feel like they need to take size on. Right. And um and I realize even more than that, um part of the reason that you said that you don't think folks would be interested in listening to us long term is because we're annoying in terms of like <laughs> you guys get along, and you're happy right. and you look alike and you're dressed like blah blah blah. <laughs> and salaciousness sells yeah. tickets. Yep. Um if it bleeds, it leads. Right. 
I don't want to do that. You don't want to traffic in salacious. No, I don't, especially not. not. So how do you tell the difference between, you were going to put out the sex um, one. That was pretty, that, that would have been that, trafficking in so salacious. So the, the, the salacious I'm talking about is, that was us having fun and laughing and joking. Right. When, I don't want to um, VH1 this podcast. Right. I don't want it to be like, oh, they were arguing and blah, blah, blah. And right. he called her a bitch and he said, nigga, blah, blah. And that would never happen, though. I'm being extreme with it, but that's what I'm saying. I don't I don't want to get anywhere near that. So the idea of posting up a recording of us having a disagreement. And it's not the first time we've recorded a disagreement. I think it's become a tool for us to like slow down and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, but those things don't need to And I'm to pretty be sure there are episodes where there's some arguing. Brief, yeah. But, those, but even those disagreements... Um, they're lighter and they're they're quicker. Um, us putting out two hours of you not listening to me and well I feel this and why don't you hear me? Eh, I'm good on that. I think I need to listen to that. It's on here. Um, I didn't I didn't pull out the mixer, but yeah. Or uh, maybe not. If I don't even know what it's about, if I can't remember what it's about, mm-hmm. then do I need to listen to it? Uh, maybe not yet. Maybe down the line. Maybe some months from now, whatever is like. What, so, what why is does anybody want to listen to us? Um. Well, I think when it comes to, I think there's two answers to that question. There's one answer that has to do with your following, because I feel like that answer is different than the general public in Ireland. In Ireland. Hey Ireland. Hey Ireland. Um, I think is Ireland still listening Ireland's still here downloading by the way why is it Ireland did you give what's the country code for Ireland I don't know no they don't need we don't need their country code Ireland needs ours which is 01 no it's it's just is it 01 or just plus 1 I don't think it's 01 I think it's just 1 I think it's plus 01 either way come on Ireland (laughs) um United Arab Emirates also came through with like 20 downloads hmm I don't know anybody in the United Arab Emirates. Hey. Um, but to answer your question, I think if we're talking about... Especially that anyone who's ever been at backstage at the Apollo Theater. It's <laughs> One day we'll explain that joke. Um, so the general listening audience who knows or doesn't know us equally, I feel like we are... A lot of what podcasts were designed to be, which is kind of a passive listening. Right. It's conversational. Yeah. It's air talk. Well, not anymore. Um, it's just, you know, kind of randomish and but just interesting enough to be intrigued and interested without being are fully people engaged. Learning? No. Um well, the general public no. Your following is learning more about you than I think they ever have. Which is why I think they're interested in it. Their interest is specifically for you. In in their world, I'm your co-host. This is your show and I'm the co-host. That's te- petrifying, but... So I think there's those two there's two separate answers. I think in one end, we're just interesting. And then in another realm, there's a large swath of folks who are just interested in you. So uh, I come from a place of people expecting me to shrink and be quiet and not seen. Um, read my I stuff. I do not know that person at all. Well, because she, yeah. So I was expected to write mm-hmm. and then support those things that I've written. But anything outside of that was just 
trying to get attention. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really like, this feels very, uh, what's the word for something that's just like rich and, um, it could be sort of a lot. Like if you're having a, a schmaltzy, no, a dessert. That's just like, uh, it's just chocolate. Decadent. This feels very decadent. Mm -hmm. And then some other word that means all about you. That starts with a D, I think. Um, this is very decadent. And so, this is very like, I am worth listening to and I'm going to talk every single day. So I think this is the the weird myth about any creative in any media. Part of it is always about you. Right. And you wanting to be seen. Right. And that's okay. Um <laughs> Even as a reporter, you wanted the byline. Right. That byline but, is you but, being seen. Yeah, I know. But how I was brought up um, and in relationships that I've had in the past, the byline was still quiet. The byline was still not necessarily you. People could know your byline and not know your face. Mm -hmm. um, so in some relationships that I've been in, uh, even taking a selfie was like really you need to you can't just look in the mirror and see what you look like you got to take a picture of yourself and let everybody see and say oh look you look nice and to that i would be like yeah i want people to say i look nice mm -hmm. um i mean i've gotten the same reaction um to my stuff online like why did you have to say that why did you have to write that because again I, everything i wrote was pretty much personal it wasn't about i wasn't writing a news story mm. i was writing a personal essay mm. And it's impossible to be an essayist like that without somebody around you being a part of your story. Right. Um, so I'm but, still trying to come to grips with the fact that I can have a daily podcast because I want to and right. because I can. Right. But there's an audacity to any kind of media creation it's, an, it's definitely audacious yeah if Definite. you're if you're a painter or writer a word? yeah oh, okay if you're a painter or writer if you dance there is by default some level of look at me look what i can do and, and what, the sooner you get past that i think the better off you are so what i repeat to myself all the time when i have these doubts is that first of all i'm 46 like what what other time is it what who am I protecting? Mm -hmm. Who am I impressing and who am I protecting? Mm -hmm. I am literally going to be 47 this year. I have three years until I'm 50 and three months until I look like Mrs. Claus in these coronavirus streets. Yeah. <laughs> what? You don't know what I'm into. Okay. And <laughs> that you can just repeat that. Mm -hmm. You're 46, bitch. You're 46. You done did all the let my parents see me do this. Right. And let my so-and-so let me see... My, I have a child who's 23. You, it, Sky, just, I told you not to listen. So if you're listening, oh, well, too bad for you. Um, And a 12-year-old. Like, I'm not nursing no goddamn body. Like, I'm grown-grown. Right. So it doesn't matter. But it's still hard to, to take that other voice out. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I repeat to myself is, I've said it in, in these episodes more than once. Because I want to when I can. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I have, and maybe because we're coming from two different spaces, me writing personal essays, the podcast stuff, whatever it is, especially since having 
my son, my thought process has always been, if I'm not here tomorrow. What am I leaving behind? I want him to know exactly who dad was. Mm-hmm. Whether it's 20 episodes of this or um, a bunch of essays online or an article on level. Oh, this is the breadth and depth of who my dad was. Because yep. I've, I've, I know folks who haven't had the experience with a parent or a loved one mm-hmm. and they're kind of guessing who they might have been and trying to dig and search. My son's going to know my voice. Mm-hmm. He's going to know because, I mean, yeah, he's six. I get it. But, you know, even at six, if I'm going tomorrow, there's stuff that you forget. There's stuff that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the idea of my um, naked and on itself. Damn. being out there in the world you just said that so you could press a button no I couldn't think of another word for it but I knew I had to hit the button so there's another part to all of this that um, this feels like self care to me like Very I said much. to you Absolutely. earlier that sometimes I feel like we're literally is, sitting on couches we're sitting on the couch in our bedroom mm-hmm. um, when we're here we're focused on each other mm-hmm. obviously and it's the part of my, I look, this is like one of my favorite parts of my long Corona quarantine days. <laughs> right. Um, so in some ways I should get over myself because it really is, if not healthy, then helpful. Right. Or both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it, let this be the midlife crisis. Stop it. Don't microphone. even say that. Cause I don't want to have a midlife crisis. What age do you have a midlife crisis? I don't know. I only remember my quarter life crisis. I don't think I really had a true midlife a, crisis. I didn't have a quarter life. I was a wreck at 25. Why? So 25 for me was sort of the Mendoza line of when you can go home and when you can't. Mm-hmm. The what it, line? Mendoza. What the fuck is a Mendoza line? Uh, it's a sports reference. Um, I'm okay. sorry. Then I won't break up with you if it's a sports <laughs> reference. Is what so... Um, I can't remember. I'm not a baseball fan, but there was a baseball player by the name of Mendoza mm. who I think hit 200 for his career. Mm. At 200, when you hit 200, you're considered to be a average player. Okay. 300 is Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. 200, you're a good player. And okay. just like, that's like yep. the tipping point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 20, so 25 for me was like that line of if if, if things go sideways, Why you got to figure it out. Why all people, I can't hear did you turn me down? No. My I hear you just fine. Um, why Mendoza? Weren't there lots of people who were 200? I think he finished his career at exactly 200. Oh, okay. If I'm not mistaken. Okay, so it's your Mendoza line. Yeah, so I'm... I'm leave the, leave the mic Sorry. What, now you're pulling on the cord? Dude? Oh, sorry. I wasn't pulling the cord. I, I just I was, saw you. No, I was doing this to my nail. I'm trying mm-hmm. to ease my nail off. Mm-hmm. Go um, ahead. No, Mendoza so, line of moving out of your parents. Yeah, I think... At 25, there was no turning back. And what did that mean? And and also, I, it, yeah, it freaked me out. And what year was this? 98? I mean, 08? Uh, no. yeah. No, 77. Uh, 97, 97, 2000. No, 2002. Yeah. Okay. So my 25, 83, 93, 98. Oh, yeah. 98 was big. Wasn't I guess you could call it a crisis. 98 is when I left my teaching job and said, I'm going to mm-hmm. go be a writer. I'm out of here. Yeah. And I don't then, know if that's a crisis, though. No, that's no. I wouldn't call that a crisis. My I, mom thought it was a crisis. <laughs> my parents were absolutely uh, horrified. 
No, so it was the quarter life crisis, and then I think my Jesus year was the year I was like, okay, everything is kind of like thirty three. Yeah, everything was like, okay. I'm good. This is going well. I'm, okay. We're all right here. I think if I could have stopped the clock, I would stop at thirty three. But then you wouldn't meet me. Uh no. So when I say stop the clock, I mean more in terms of the wave, like just mm. cresting that wave and just kind of be on that wave as long as possible. Okay. Thirty three was great. Um. How do you remember these things? I can't remember. Like, if you say, what was 37 like? I'm like, I don't know. If you ask me what 35 was like, I can't tell you. I can tell you 25. I can tell you 33. I can tell you 40. I can tell you sp- spots. Hmm. Like, um, to, in time I forget, we were just looking at... So I can tell you the years. I can mm. say 90, 98, 2002. I can't tell you. I can't tell you I can the tell you age. My, I can tell you my age. I can't necessarily I say the year. I what that's about. Even as I said, though, we were just looking at um, my divorce paperwork. Yeah. And I forgot what year the divorce mm-hmm. was final. Mm-hmm. I had myself divorced for like three, four years. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it was like last week. <laughs> I'm still married. Right. <laughs> this is so, not stamped. Right. Sorry. So... Yeah, those a lot of stuff gets kind of fuzzy for me, but I remember the age. I wonder why you remember the age and I remember the year. Hmm. I, if I had to guess, it's because of your uh, journalism background. Dates were more important to you than your age. Is that it? You're also a teacher, so between those two things, I see dates being yeah, more years are things because, yeah. like, I do think of like. I also think of like school years, like 96, right. 97, I was teaching. And There's not a song that'll play in this house that you won't ask me what year was this. Hmm. That's not true. Yeah. I don't ask how old the artist was. No, you ask what year was this? What year is this? Yeah. Huh. That's true. That's because I love music trivia, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you already know. Mm-hmm. I got, I. So I was, even for one of the things I really enjoy about you is the depth of music conversations that we have mm. um, and their daily experience or daily mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And it's either us pontificating on some random question mm-hmm. or you going back to like, so, you know, this artist, when they made this Stevie album, Wonder blah, blah, made blah, an album out like, of three songs. Right. And it just so happened that the album I chose to play last night when mm-hmm. we were hanging out, mm-hmm. uh, we're always hanging out when we were hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> we were actually on a proper date. <laughs> right. We were on a Scrabble date. <laughs> Um, uh, so yeah, so those, that is, those are the moments where it's like, oh, this is a really good, like, fit, because. Ew. I knew you were going to say it, so. Shit. <laughs> it's a really good fit. Ew. That's gross. No. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, those kind of moments are fun. That's why this one, my favorite episode is our Quiet Storm episode. That was where we're just, so good. Yeah, that was a blast. That was really good. I guess we can. I'm gonna pull that up. <laughs> and we'll do a music play. stuff again uh, um, at some point because I think we're I think we're actually actively trying not to make that the thing. Really, a I haven't bit. been. Well, you said we can't do that again. Yeah, but like I haven't been actively. Threat. I also said I don't want to talk about sex again, and for like three straight episodes, that's what we talked about. <laughs> so um, no, I'm not actively. Mm. I just wouldn't. It it happened organically, and mm. I'm sure it will, it'll happen organically again. I yeah. mean, I pretty much decided at this point because um, the way our setup is, we have the computer and we have the mixer, and I'm usually running everything myself. I think I'm just going to give you the laptop from now on, and I'm I'll run the mixer and be clever. 
I'll just have to make sure that I don't unplug it because it drown it drains out a little faster than my MacBook Air. Just it, does, a bit. it does a little bit more than your MacBook so Air you can, too. <laughs> your computer is like looking for you, looking for you. Oh yeah. I'm looking for you. Yeah, it, making sure it's you. Facial recognition. No, it's not. Wait, him. we look alike, so you should be able to. Oh, uh, uh, that's creepy. Can you imagine if you could unlock my computer with your face? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a wrap. Why are you trying now? Stop it. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. It's giving me sign in options. <laughs> uh um we gonna make this hello fresh tonight or what? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it? Um I don't know. I'm not, I'm not looking. Okay. I don't look until it's all said and done. But it's late. I'm about to make some cookies. <laughs> <laughs> we got some peanut butter cookies in there. I'm about mm. to fuck them up. Do you hear me? All the way up. Uh, I'm so a little hungry, but we'll figure that out. Oh, wait, did you really want to do HelloFresh? Um, HelloFresh is like a six o'clock thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, got to be at least nine. I don't want any more spaghetti, though. Oh, I'm going to steam my edamame. Oh, steamed edamame. It's the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you tell? Peanut butter cookies and edamame. That is apocalypse snacking. Mm. Next time. Uh, all right, we out.